episode 73 of the page one podcast i'm Tarek. i'm marco and thanks for joining us at the page one podcast where we like to speak to writers of all kinds about their writing careers how they got into the industry and try and get as many hints and tips from them as possible absolutely we've had some really fantastic guests on um i mean just last week david nichols yeah before that some folks that you know personally i've just been really excited to chat with absolutely and this week's guest is no exception no exception (laughs) exactly this week we're chatting with Nikki Smith. Uh, Nikki studied English Lit at Birmingham, and then she went into a career in finance, and then she kind of had that, you know, all or nothing, this is the moment. Yeah, it, it was a sort of, someone on Facebook, she tells us that someone on Facebook contacted her and asked if she was still writing her stories, and that kind of inspired her to to have another go at writing again, which was, yeah. you know, so sort of very fateful, serendipitous Absolutely. thing to happen. And, and another guest who's been on one of the Curtis Brown creative yeah. courses, and we've chatted to quite a few folk who've done those, and they all really do rave about them. And, I mean, it does seem like something which I think is definitely worth considering if you wanted to go down this Yeah, way. definitely. Although I think I said this at the end of last week's episode, that there is a bit of confirmation bias in the sense that everyone we speak Absolutely. to has been successful so i get that with everyone we've, we've chatted with who hasn't done it has also been successful yeah, so exactly <laughs> yeah so there's a number of, no but i think it is they are clearly uh, very helpful courses yeah. and I, I like the fact that you can do sort of short ones or sort of longer ones in person mm-hmm. remote so there's a lot of options yeah, there you, you kind of fit it around your work mm-hmm. lifestyle etc uh, we, we'll put a link to the um i think it's cb creative i think is the link uh, for for the uh, courses if you're interested in that we'll put that in the podcast description yeah. um but yeah it's it's a great chat with nikki so we'll get straight into it after a quick advert for our page one notebook um actually before we do that Tarek, we should perhaps tell the listeners that our page one notebook is undergoing us an exciting facelift at the moment absolutely it's uh, it's currently wrapped up in the surgery unit getting finishing <laughs> touches done so there's we've taken on board everything that people have said about the uh the initial run of the notebook and i think we've tweaked it a little bit we've added in yeah i like i like to think we've, it's it's very much the same as it was because people did find it useful but we've just added a few things that that people thought would be even more helpful so we've we've put yeah. those in there and on our instagram and facebook accounts at the moment i think until sunday this week as the podcast episode goes out you're able to uh, suggest a new color for the cover and we will pick one of the winning colour at random and you'll get a free page one notebook when the new print run is done. Have you received my entries yet, Marco? I've sent in quite a few. Uh, it must have gone into my spam, spam oh, folder. We'll, we'll check it later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we'll get, we'll get straight into it now and then we'll be back at the end of the podcast with a bit more chat and to let you know about next week's guest. But for now, on with the podcast. The blank page. To some, it's terrifying, an obstacle to overcome. But we prefer to think of it as an opportunity, a blank canvas to be filled with all of the adventures and characters in our head. So how to overcome that fear? Well, we all know the best advice for a writer is, write. Seriously, get words on the page and more will follow. But what about later, when you start trying to pull those threads of what you've written together? What about the character you wrote about way back at the start? Who was she again? What was she carrying? 
And where did she leave the MacGuffin that she now really needs in the third act? Think about all those top thrillers you like to read. Or that amazing drama you just watched. What did they all have in common? Structure and planning. As aspiring writers ourselves, we've tried many different methods to try and organise all the thoughts about the stories we want to tell. We've been there searching for a piece of scrap paper to note something down, or making a quick note on our phone in between meetings. Or sometimes we'll make a note in whatever notebook we're carrying, or a document on our laptop so we don't forget that great idea. Let's be honest, it can all be a bit messy and it's easy to lose track of everything. And that's when we realise it's not just a story that needs structure and planning, but the way we gather all of our thoughts about it as well. And so we made page one. Page one is more than just another notebook. It's a place to put down all your ideas for your latest project, divided into easy-to-use sections that will help you plan your story so that when that blank page comes calling, you're ready to answer. And then afterwards, once it's written, we realised you need to plan how to let people read it, so we included a section relating to submissions. Each one is designed for one project, whether you want to write a book, screenplay, a comic, or any other kind of story. We truly believe that when you use it, it will help you get to the main event, writing your story. So we hope this helps. We can't wait to read what you come up with. And remember, every story starts with page one. Always start these podcasts with the same question, which is, did you always want to be a writer? Yes, I did. Um, it's taken me a while to get there, but um, but yes, yes, I did. I think, um, I mean, I loved English at school. Um, I I kind of, I loved writing stories, um, creating stories. I ended up doing um, an English degree at university. Um, but obviously with an English literature degree, that's very, very different from creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I left university, I did write a book um which is currently in a bottom drawer somewhere <laughs> in my house and won't ever be coming out again so um yes and then um and then I left it after that I, I mean I didn't get picked up by I think I had I, I did have a, a couple of agents kind of vaguely interested but you know absolutely didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. um and then at that point I didn't know anyone in publishing I didn't know anyone who was an author and I just thought this was something that you could either do or you couldn't do. And I just thought, you know, well, I've tried giving it a go, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't for me. So, um, yeah. So after that, um, I went on to a career in finance and um, qualified as an accountant. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, which um, I think was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because it clearly didn't come particularly naturally or at all naturally. Um, and um, then I, yeah, so I did that, um, ha- had a couple of children um, and I still wrote, but just things for me, nothing mm-hmm. that I ever kind of showed anyone. Um, and then about probably about five years ago, um, I was contacted by um, a lady on Facebook who I'd gone to school with, who I hadn't seen since. We'd completely lost contact. Um, and she found me somehow and just got in contact and said, you know, how are you? Um, and did you ever do anything with your writing? Because I still remember the stories that you used to read out in class. So that kind of gave me a bit of a now or never moment. Mm -hmm. And um, I signed up for a Curtis Brown creative writing course. 
um, which I started in 2017. I went on one of their kind of short courses. It was bought for me as a Christmas present. They do these kind of six-week online things. I'm still working full-time, so I unfortunately couldn't go up and sit in their nice offices. Um, And I did a couple of those, actually, a couple of short ones, and then applied for their longer kind of three-month course um, the following year. And that's when I wrote the first draft of my what ended up being my debut novel. We've, we've chatted a few folk who have done done the Curtis Brown courses, and um, they, they do seem to, to to be a really good source of inspiration and help, and quite a varied selection of courses. And is that is that kind of thing where you know is it something you should do or need to do or or not? But I mean, I think everyone we've spoken to says they are really helpful, and there's something that they would recommend. Is that something you would agree with? Yes, I think, I mean, I don't think you need to do them. I don't think you have to do them. I've met plenty of authors who haven't done them and they're, you know, amazingly successful. So it's it's definitely not a prerequisite. But for me, um, I think it gave me a chance to... um, I think learn about the industry really more than anything else. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it, you get a chance to practice your writing skills. And um, I think, you know, putting pieces of your own work out there for other people to critique is a great kind of start um, to being an author because you've got to be able to learn to take criticism, mm-hmm. um, which is something that you, you know, I wasn't particularly confident. And I think that, that, you know, that really helped um, me to do that, but also just learning, learning about the industry, learning who agents are, you know, what they want, what they're looking for, um, you know, marketplace trends, just just teaching you all about that kind of stuff. I think that was really, really useful. Yeah. And it seems to have a tremendous, well, I suppose we're, we're picking a very bad, this would be bad science, I suppose, but certainly the people that have been on the course that we've spoken to have, have done very well out of it. You know, it actually leads, you know, I think if you do well on it and it, it, it connects with you, it seems to open doors as well to contacts with agents and things like that. Is that what happened with you? Yes. Um, I mean, I think um, it was the on the it, on the three month long course that I did. Um, we had to draft um, cover letters to um, agents. It could be any agent. It didn't have to be, you know, a Curtis Brown agent. But I mean, you're on their course, so it'd be a bit silly not to. Yeah. Um, and I'd kind of done a lot of research into um, some of the agents that I was going to target for my novel, and so I wrote my draft cover letter to um, the agent who ended up actually representing me, not not immediately after the course. She didn't take me on straight away. I needed some more work to do on the book. But she gave me, um, you know, some great feedback on that kind of cover letter. And I guess it was that first kind of introduction that, you know, then a year later I could go back and said, you mm-hmm. know, look, you've read this. I think it might be something that you're interested in. Um, and she was, which was great. So, yeah, yeah. And And then after you got the agent, I think... Am I right in saying it went out in submission and you got a book deal pretty quickly after that? Was that right? Yeah, I was I was really lucky. I was looking up the dates actually. I went out on submission on the twenty first of January on a Monday, two thousand and nineteen, and we had a preempt offer by the thirtieth, so nine wow. days later. Fantastic. That's amazing. It is well. I, I mean, I, I realise now how how lucky I am. I think I didn't really. It was so new the whole process to me at the time, and and I was warned it could take a while. Um, you know, weeks and weeks. So I, I just didn't really know what to expect. So um, yeah, I, I feel very fortunate. It was it was lovely, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was for a two book deal as well, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And um, 
you said that you'd worked on um was it all in her head was the, the the which was your first book that was the one that you were working on on the Curtis Brown right. course I mean how much on the course you know how much from what you wrote in the course did you have to rework and and redraft before you felt it was ready for submission quite a lot okay (laughs) quite a lot I'd say yes um I think um I mean on the course something some things hadn't really changed like there's an opening prologue and that that didn't really change too much um but initially um I had the characters there's two characters in it it's a dual narrative it's written by um, a woman called Alison and her kind of ex-husband Jack um and I had everything in third person I changed the whole lot to first person um oh, and I yeah. changed yeah I was just a wish <laughs> at the beginning um one of these things that people tell you actually on the course really make sure what you know which perspective you're writing from you think yeah that you know I'm going to do it like that and then you get to the end and think mm, no actually I think it's going to work better the other way around um so i changed that and um and some of the structure um it's the book's kind of written in three parts um and there's a large twist um kind of a third of the way through um and that that kind of changed um the twist never changed itself but the kind Mm. of structure of the book to pull that Mm. forward a bit changed so um yes i kind of i finished the curtis brown course in kind of it must have been March April 2018 and then it took another well it took until the about when was that yeah it took about another three months I'd say something like that um, before it was kind of finished um not well it wasn't finished because I then went on to do edits with my agent and then Orion has some edits as well but yeah and and the first book all in her head um I think the, the the big take home that I got from it was that it was it was a really impressive first book because you you know you kind of jump right in there with this psychosis plot line told from two people's points of view and two two different characters' heads, which is a hard thing to do. And um and I and I wondered how much research you'd done into the area of psychosis, mental illness, and stuff because I mean there's that I mean for me I'd always be worried about you know learning enough about it so I'm I'm not getting things wrong or preaching stuff and 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 that that kind of you know the balance of that and was that something you spent a lot of time on yes it was yeah I thought it was really important to do it um kind of justice um Mm. and I didn't just want it to be you know I've I've read a lot of books where you kind of get that you know there's a twist and it's a bit like da da there we go and it kind of you know comes out of nowhere kind of thing and I didn't didn't want anything Mm -hmm. like that I wanted it to be um a lot more kind of sensitively done and really affect the reader emotionally so yeah I did a lot of research um I spoke to a few people who've um been through it um and I watched those programs on it um and lots of kind of websites support websites things like that so yeah I did I did a lot of research and hopefully Touchwood it's it's paid off I've had a lot of um well, not a lot but luckily not a lot but um I've had quite a few messages from readers who've read it who've been through something similar and said oh, nice. it was spot on so i think that's as good as i can hope for Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and you you talked about perspective before and i was going to ask that because um both your books are thrillers and you you, they do have that first person uh perspective um and and certainly um the latest book look what you made me do is is present tense as well i mean do you think that is very for for the sort of thriller type book that you're writing, do you think that's the best perspective to pull you into that story? 
Yes, I mean, I I think I think there's definitely something about the kind of immediacy of it, mm-hmm. and um, particularly, you know, if you want to get the reader inside a character's head, there's no other better way of doing mm-hmm. it. I think that you know, third person always always puts a certain distance, you know, between yourself and the reader. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But it's yeah so yeah I, I think it is but then I I wouldn't want to restrict myself to having to write um first person books <laughs> um so um so I think it can you know it can be done in third as well but this this particular story and this particular narrative um and the fact that it does deal with you know kind of mental illness and psychosis I thought it was really important that the reader gets that from that character's point of view so yeah, I think as well third person like you say sometimes is there are some stories that couldn't be told in first person i think because of the cast of characters or whatever it would be too confusing to jump through too many people's heads in in that way but yeah i suppose it is just the story and that you're trying to tell that that will determine it yeah and i think if you've got distinctive voices i mean which all characters should have mm-hmm. anyway but you know in this case you know it was a male and female voice it, it's not like that you know the reader could kind of get confused yeah. as to head they were in kind of thing so yeah I think that helps as well but you're right I think when you go on to the kind of five six characters there's yeah it gets a bit tricky yeah it's it's always that's something I've always thought about is choosing whether it's first or third from the outset and it's easier said than done because you know you can have a uh, you have that kind of inbuilt thing inside you that says well if I'm first person then I'm right in their head and I know I can tell I can just see what I'm thinking and it's great but then if you've got a big cast of characters I'm not a fan or I've definitely read books where I've struggled to keep track of whose head I'm in right now when it was always I did this. And, and yes. although if it's done well, uh, it does work, but it's it's really hard to know a thing. And, and, and you as, can, you, as you, so, you, know. you can also have situations where like you need to impart a bit of information to the reader, but if yeah. it's all first person, it's difficult to do that because it might be something that's happening out with their yeah. knowledge. So yeah, it, it exactly. It almost changes the whole plot structure because yeah. you have to have that person present at every event mm. so it's, it's yeah I completely agree that's so true you know there were lots of kind of times when I was writing all in a head that I wanted to get across certain pieces of information and it was like well I can't because they wouldn't know that <laughs> yeah, exactly. there, yeah. or they didn't think that and yeah that's when it becomes really frustrating and and obviously you think oh should well you know should have written it the other way but <laughs> yeah it's yes there's there's kind of advantages and disadvantages to both isn't there I think you've just got to yeah. believe you've got to feel that you know as a reader you you believe in those you know characters so you write write them the best way you can yeah and and when it comes to actually um before you start writing these stories are you someone that does plan out in detail or are you a pantser as they say do you just have the idea and see where it takes you well I'm a planner now Marco I'd say <laughs> um, uh, definitely um I all in her head I I didn't plan so much um I think because with a debut there's no time pressure yeah. and you never know whether you're going to get a deal so and it, it it was in my head for a long time before you know it kind of went to paper so I probably did plan but I just didn't consciously plan it so it all kind of came out um you know relatively well formed I'd say but with the second book, um, yeah, definitely, because you just suddenly had, well, for me, because I had a two-book deal, I suddenly had a deadline um, to write to. And it really felt to me like, 
oh my god I've never done this before I mean I know I had done it before but it was just yeah. that feeling that you're starting all over again and you don't know what you're doing um so you've got much less time as well to do much that. less time exactly um and and that although although you know it's not you know somebody can say to you I mean I had a year my my deal happened in 2019 and I knew that all in ahead wasn't coming out until April 2020 so I had over a year um really to deliver you know the second one mm-hmm. uh, which which seems like so much time um but when you're actually writing it not having an idea of what you were going to write beforehand I didn't have to submit you know I didn't have to tell Orion what my second book was going to be about when they kind of gave me a yeah. deal so mm-hmm. Um, it was really kind of like, right, okay, got to think of an idea, and then I've got to plan it. So yes, I went, I went back to my trusty spreadsheets from when I was an accountant, and um, and I've got quite a rigorous planning um, process now. Of you know, I list out the chapters. Um, I don't, I don't write what's in every chapter um, because I think that that would kill the creativity yeah. process. Yeah, but, yeah. I think with the kind of books that I write where they need a lot of twists and they might have dual timelines and they're often multiple characters, I just need to know that everything is going to fit into place when I'm writing so I don't get to the kind of 30,000 words mark and think, oh, my God, what am I doing? This isn't, yeah. you know, this isn't yeah. going to work structurally. So I kind of plan out just a sentence or so about what's going to kind of happen, maybe not even in every chapter, but most of the chapters and where I'm going to hit some of the kind of, you know, big reveals or yeah. twists or whatever's going to happen just to check that it's all going to kind of fit together. Um, and I'd love to say I could then go away and write it and it was really easy. <laughs> of course, it never happens like well, that. Well, I, I was going to ask that because everyone that we've spoken to, you know, even if they are a planner, though, you know, as as you write these things, it often will veer off the path that you thought it was going to go down because the characters develop in a way you thought was different or something happens, you know, I mean, is that the same with you? So, you know, you get taken off that, that plan that you've got. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, um, I think that there's jumped something about book twos as well. I've, mm-hmm. I've spoken to so many people who um, have said it's a nightmare process and I would agree with that. Um, I mean, it's, it's out now and I'm, I'm, well, it comes out on Thursday in mm-hmm. hardback, um, and I'm I'm thrilled with it now. But it was a long road getting there. I think, shall we say? Um, I think it's, yeah, it, it's it's yes. The characters do kind of go off track, um, even with a very kind of structured plan. But even if you have a good idea in your head about what you're writing, I think the first time that comes out on paper um, is a bit bleh. and. Um, yeah. You know, you need a kind of, that's where I think my editor was great because I showed her a kind of early first draft and um, and she kind of, yes, came back very nicely and said there was lots to love about it, um, and <laughs> which basically means, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we can definitely make a few kind of changes. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I changed lots of things. I changed the timeline. I changed where it was set. I, you know, I changed some of the characters in it, you know, so yeah, complete revision basically. But I think that that might just be, my process kind of going mm-hmm. forward. I think that I'm going to want to be one of these people that needs to write a draft quite quickly, probably um, just to get that story down as, as if you're kind of telling it to yourself, I think yeah. then as you realize stuff, as you go along, then you can kind of go back to the beginning and, and rewrite it. Uh, are you one of these people that, that, you know, we've spoken to a few authors that have said that they use that first draft almost as an extension of the planning process in a way. And, 
they sort of know where it's going to go, but sometimes they'll even get to a scene and just sort of put placeholder text of something happened, you know, <laughs> X happens here and jump onto the bit that they actually know that needs to happen after that. And then they go back and fill it in after. I mean, do you do that or do you like to try and have a first draft that is, you know, it holds together and then obviously I, it'll need I write, work. After. I think I write quite linearly, um, right. if okay. that's the word. Um, and yeah, so I, I do try to kind of start at the beginning and then kind of end at mm-hmm. the end. But I know within that, that, that lots might change. Um, right. And and I, but I can't often tell what it is that has to change until I've got to the end. Um, yeah, and you can kind of put it away. I think that's the biggest thing for me actually is is having those breaks. If I can have two weeks where I've put it in a cupboard and not looked at it, and then yeah. come back to it and read it, I think that that really really helps. Um, yeah, I think that that that's what I'd say to to anyone. I'm I'm quite an impatient person, and I just like to kind of get on with the next thing. Yeah. But I have to force myself to stop kind of get right away from it and then come back to it so that you've got that kind of distance and you can see better I think then what works and what doesn't um yeah and then you kind of go back and read some stuff and it's like oh yeah that's good and you read other stuff and you think yeah no that's good <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think I'd read that um you're you're when it comes to actually writing you kind of it's a 1500 words a day five days a week you know and it sounded to me very much like you treat it like a job and is that the best way to approach it in your in your view yeah I I think for me I I mean I felt very fortunate getting a two book deal and it meant that I um didn't have to work full-time um anymore um in my kind of day job so um I I kind of do a bit of freelance stuff um now but I don't have to work all the time and so I think that that means that I, you know I do I do want to work hard at it, um, mm. and I do think of it like a job. Um, it's obviously you know I think with COVID, as for so many people, uh, schedules have gone out the window a bit. Um, I mean I'm lucky I've got two kids, but they're older, um, so they're kind of thirteen and fifteen, so they're relatively self sufficient. But you know having them at home and homeschooling um, is you know has been difficult so it, it doesn't work in the same way that it used to but you just have to kind of get up earlier or work later and and try and find you know hit that kind of I didn't do 1500 words for a lot of the time but I was definitely doing a thousand just mm-hmm. to keep it going yeah because yeah. there's that kind of thing that simple mass of like if I could do a thousand words a day you know, in two, two and a half, three months, I'd have a book written. And it's, it seems so simple. And yet it's yeah. that thousand words can be so hard to get it on in paper. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it does. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You think, yeah, I should be able to knock that out in a couple of hours in the morning. And then exactly. You know, have have the whole day free. Day I don't think that it, it hardly ever happens like that for me. I must say it's, it's, yeah, it, it just doesn't. I think I'm I'm sitting there for a long time. And I think it's it's because it's not just writing the words, it's thinking about how it fits in with everything else. Um yeah, yeah. you could easily I could easily type a thousand words probably in, you know, in then in, in half an hour if I was really quick. But it it's you it's not like that. It's kind of thinking about all the interaction, everything behind everything. But yeah. it's the difficult bit, yeah. And and when you're writing your your books uh, which obviously as you said have the twists in them do you ever do you ever doubt those twists as you're writing it you know do you ever come to a point and say wait this does this actually work will this twist that I thought of at the start when I was planning it work now with what I've got um I haven't so far um but 
I mean, definitely never say never. Who mm. uh, yeah, who knows? I think it's not so much that the, the, the twist doesn't work, but sometimes I'll feel, you know, the characters are too flat or, you know, the scene just doesn't work or, mm. um, you know, it's not believable enough. But the actual thing that I want to happen has generally happened, but I might need to go back and rewrite some of the stuff to get them there to make it feel more believable because I don't, you know, as I, said, I don't want things that come out of nowhere because it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. I want it yeah. to, you know, every, people to be invested in and not, and, you know, and on occasion not to see it coming. You know, I think that that's the thing with all in her head. There is a, you know, a big twist, which, which hopefully, I'm, you know, a lot of people have said they, they definitely didn't see coming, but I think mm. that that gets overused on books now. It's always mm. on the blurbs on the back of things. You can't rely on that because people can just invent things that come out of almost out of nowhere, which, yeah, um, uh, yeah. But my, my own view with twists is that it needs to be, it needs to be earned in a way that that when it happens, you might not have seen it coming, but then you suddenly go, oh right, okay, and it, things fall into place and things like that. It's if if there's something that hasn't been in the book at all, suddenly jumps into it, then it feels kind of like a cheap trick in a way, you know. Absolutely, yeah, completely. And um, and uh, what's your thoughts on you know as, as you said earlier, you kind of came to writing your first book later on in in life and is that I mean and obviously there's negatives here I suppose from your point of view in the sense that you wish you'd done it earlier and it's a wonderful lifestyle etc but then is it not good stuff as well in the sense that you've got some more real life experience to draw on or inspiration for stuff that you've been through or your friends have been through etc where you wouldn't have that if you were younger yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, you know, of course, I wish I could have done it at 21 and been one of these, you know, new hot debuts, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, with a huge deal and, you know, whatever. But of, of course, but but no, I'm I'm really I'm really glad I, you know, I got there eventually. I think I really value it. Um, and I think that having worked in another industry also gives you um, a great just perspective I think um on on it um you know I, I definitely value what I've got but um I think that it, it makes me appreciate it kind of thing um that I've ended up managing to do something that at the moment anyway that I really really enjoy um and love you know for most of the time um I mean of course it's difficult when you're sat there with an empty screen in front of you and you know yeah. the words don't come but but um but yeah and I think you're right you know life experience I think I think I'm kind of reasonably calm with um you know dealing with things which um which perhaps you wouldn't have had you know if if I'd have been 21 I think it would have been a you know could have all felt a bit mad and you know things like that but you've 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 kind of dealt with life experiences um so I think I'm a bit more realistic about things yeah and and do you think as well it helps with the discipline of actually doing that thousand one thousand five hundred words a day you know I haven't haven't worked in an office job for uh, you know many yeah. years that that brings the the sort of expectation that this is what i have to do so when you change when you transfer it to writing it, it can give you a discipline that i think maybe you might yeah, not absolutely. have if you were 21 and just starting out as a writer yeah definitely um you know i, I yeah i do treat it as a job and mm-hmm. you know is something that I I know I need to do. So, you know, if I haven't finished my, you know, 1500 words by six o'clock at night, then I'll write and, you know, and they might be a bit rubbish by then, but I'll write, you know, Mm. to get it done. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, it it gives you kind of a good work ethic, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And I wonder, does it also help with 
it was something that you written online and it was about um fear of kind of failure or rejection and stuff and 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 i suppose the, the reality is that that's just a part of a writer's life is that you're putting yourself out there constantly whether it's agents or publishers or just readers and and is that something which you just you just have to have a thick skin about it and accept that there's going to be people who don't like it or you get knocked back from etc and and is that something that's easier to to work through in your head older as, as opposed to when you're younger and it's maybe hurts more yeah i i think that's probably true um i think i'm i'm probably a lot more cynical now um, <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i i don't i mean I tend not, I do read reviews, um, but I tend to kind of store them up and read them when I'm in the right mood to, mm-hmm. to read them. Um, and yeah, um, just because I think that, you know, if you start off your writing day and you've read kind of four one star reviews, it can <laughs> down on your writing for the rest of the day. Um, so yeah, I, I think, yeah, definitely um, things like that. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think you know, writing meant a lot to me. Um, you know, I really wanted to be a writer and I think that's why I was almost too scared to try mm-hmm. because it would have really mattered to me if I'd failed at it yeah. or when I did fail at it, you know, when I tried writing um, my book after university. Whereas, you know, being an accountant, I didn't really want to do it, if I'm completely honest. So mm-hmm. it didn't really matter if I failed at it. So, um, and I think that the older you get, um, the less maybe other people's opinions matter to you or the more kind of you know inner confidence you get to try and try something you know and if it doesn't work it doesn't work um but then at least I'll have given it a go so yeah yeah so yeah I I don't think I could have I don't think I would have felt like that at 25 or you know whatever I think I'd have felt it was a lot more personal yeah Yeah. you know reviews and stuff would have probably really really hurt whereas now you know, you, you can't please everybody. So, you know, it's lovely when you get nice reviews and, you know, for the people that don't enjoy it, you know, maybe they'll enjoy something else. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if you're able to make a living off writing, then, you know, everyone else's opinion be damned. You're making enough money doing what you love to, to have that lifestyle and that's the most important thing, I think. Absolutely, yeah, so true. Yeah. And so so your latest book is um, Look What You Made Me Do, um, which, as you said, is out on Thursday as we record this. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that and how that came about? Yes, it's um, it's about um, the dark secrets that are hidden beneath the surface of a seemingly perfect family. Um, and the tagline for the book is two people can keep a secret if one of them is dead. Um, and it's about two sisters, Joe and Caroline, who are in their late 30s. Um, they've never been close um, whilst they were growing up. Um, Caroline's always been their mother's favourite, um, or that's what Joe thinks. Um, and then their father dies and leaves his entire inheritance to Joe. Um, and we kind of meet the family um, at the funeral um, in the first chapter, opening kind of chapter. And um, suddenly Caroline realises that she wants what Joe has got. Um, but the question is, how far will she go to get it? And nice. you said before that um, when you went, when you got your two book deal, you hadn't, this was something that you didn't have planned or anything like that. They, they gave you the two book deal and you had to come up with this. I mean, how, how does that work as a, as a process? Because, if they've given you the two book deal, is it the same as going out on submission the first time, if you see what I mean? Or is is it sort of, this is my book that I'm writing, you've given me the deal, now please go and publish it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I think you kind of, the further I got through the process, I kind of realised that they were looking for um, certain things. So um, I would have had to write, I had to write a book in the same genre, which mm. I was completely fine with because um, that's what I write. I, I love writing psychological suspense um, or psychological thrillers with an emotional depth. I think that's what them, that's what they say. Um, so that's fine. Um, and then um, I think it was really, it was really about the kind of themes that I was going to write about. So um, kind of all in her head, I guess, is kind of domestic paranoia, if you like. It's quite kind of a big theme. Um, and so I needed to come up with something for Look What You Made Me Do, which which is something along those lines. You know, I think if I'd have suddenly decided to write, I, I don't know, a big police procedural crime thriller, mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have been necessarily up what they were looking for. So... Um, I wanted, um, well, the theme of this book, there's a lot of, uh, it's most, I mean, the central kind of, I guess, theme of it is coercive control. So um, that's a kind of big, you know, important um, topic, um, you know, for me to write about and, you know, for women generally, really. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's we kind of talked about that. I talked about that with my editor and she kind of said, yeah, it sounds great. Let's do, let's do that. And is that a conversation? Sorry, Tarek. Is that a conversation that you have then with the with the editor at the at the publishing house, as opposed to your agent? Or did you run the idea past your agent first before going to the editor? I ran the agent. I ran it past my agent first. Yes. Um, I mean, I've got um, my agent Sophie Lambert at C and W, and she's fabulous. So um, yeah, I run. I run my ideas past her first because she's a good sounding board, and she'll tell me if they're rubbish. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And is um, is theme kind of the starting point for you when you when you're trying to work out the you know the plot of your next book? Is that the kind of you think this is what the theme I want to write about, and then you dive into what the story could be? Yes. Yes, I think that is the way that I work. Um, definitely, I kind of come up with a theme, um, and then I, I mean, I might, I might have the plot even, you know, at that point about what it's going to be. But it's, it's my characters are really the most important thing, I think, because I think without great characters, you don't really want to read on. Um, and um, I, I, you know, I, I want to write those books that that you you know it's great if they have a twist and um you know it's great if people remember the plot but um i'd i'd love it if they could remember the characters you know a few Mm. days afterwards and you know things that stay with with them because of that so and uh, obviously coming out on thursday i mean i suppose there is the start of the lifting of lockdown in england but both of your books have been have come out during uh, this pandemic year um and how have you found that? Because obviously it's not what you would have dreamed of as a book launch and all of that sort of thing. Yes, I am a double lockdown, <laughs> uh, which is definitely not what I was expecting. Um, we had, I think, before All In Our Heads came out, I went up um, to Clay's in Suffolk with my editor to actually, I got to see it roll off the presses up there, which oh, was nice. That's cool. absolutely amazing experience. Um, so, yeah, we had our yellow high-vis jackets on and went around this huge factory. I mean, it was amazing. Um, and that we probably did on about... I think it was about the 15th, 16th of March, something like that. So we literally did that. And then five days later, we were in lockdown. So I think my books probably rolled straight off the presses and went straight into a warehouse. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it wasn't wasn't fab. And obviously my launch, I was going to have a launch at Waterstones and Mm -hmm. all of that got cancelled. Every event got cancelled. 
Um, so from that point of view, it was a bit, yes, tricky. Um, but I think that um, it gave me some opportunities that I'd never have had otherwise. So um, the publishers obviously switched very much to online. Um, everything kind of went online. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I got to meet um there was a group of authors we were all publishing um, as debuts in the pandemic. Um, we found each other, I think on Facebook, started off as a Facebook group. Um, and then we kind of got a Twitter account. Um, so we're the D20s now um, on the D20 authors on Twitter. Um, and we've had set up loads of events and supported each other. And that's been wonderful. I think that community... Brilliant. There's about 70 authors in the group, but there's probably about 25 of us or so who um, interact regularly. You know, we have a Zoom mm-hmm. on a Friday night and a chat and celebrate each other's achievements. And, and that's been wonderful. I wouldn't have met them otherwise because they just wouldn't have been the chance to. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, it wouldn't have been yeah. that opportunity. Um, and I've met, um, you know, other writers in, you know, in the other authors in the writing community, um, particularly the crime and thriller community have been unbelievably supportive because um, I think that they know, you know, having your debut and your second one out in lockdown <laughs> isn't the ideal situation. So, um, yeah, they've been they've been, you know, wonderful and they've they've given me some great kind of, you know, agreed to read it and gave me some great quotes and things like that. So, yeah, it's not all bad, but I'm hoping third time lucky 2022 yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Crossed, you know <laughs> i think that's quite a healthy way to look at it though because it's easy to get wrapped up in it and think oh it's just you know yeah as we say it's not what you wanted it's not what you're expecting it's not what it should have been but i think twisting around and saying well yeah that's true but on the other hand i've also made these contacts of people i would have known otherwise you know and down the line that's just going to be helpful for further books and quotes and stuff and yeah i think that seems quite a healthy way to look at it and i think that's a a sensible outlook yes and and i mean you know i'm lucky my family's healthy i'm healthy um you know a lot of people have had it so much worse um Mm, over this couple of years so you know really i I don't have a lot to complain about um but uh but yes i will have a party in a bookshop (laughs) a couple of years before we get there Um, so uh, on that note obviously what you made me do is just coming out um but are, are you already working on the next one or have you finished a draft or anything yes um i've i finished a draft actually i've just finished a draft um and so and that's just gone to my agent so um we shall see what she thinks of it when she's read it (laughs) what's the what's the next step do they have to pitch it back to back to the same folk who did the first book or do you have to are you going to go back from scratch and just put it all out again you have to, um, well, in my contract, I think it's quite standard um, that Orion will have the option to look at it first. So um, I think they get kind of, I don't know, six weeks, something like that, six to eight weeks um, and to see if they want it. Um, and um, I mean, hopefully they do. I love my editor there. Um, she's fantastic. Um, and they've been great to me. So, yeah, fingers crossed. But if they don't, then, um, then yeah, I think I'd, we just take it out to other people. Nice. Awesome. And, and how do you deal with the... The, the sort of editor's notes and stuff do you ever do you ever get anything back that you disagree with or do you always think actually that that is a good way to improve the story I think I've been I've been lucky um because yeah anything that my editor has suggested I've initially I might have a bit of a kind of like really um (laughs) after I've kind of you know gone away and thought about it um they are generally right um and um there might be you know I can't 
I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there might be something little kind of thing that I yeah. think, oh, I'd rather kind of keep it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one of the proofreaders once said, um, I used to spell no one, um, N-O, and then hyphen one. Um, and I know I was like, and I'm right. Um, and then went and, <laughs> up and went, I'm not actually. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Um, but, but no, I'm, I, I think that, you know, that, that they're not trying to ruin your book for you. They're trying to make it better. So, um, yeah. I think it's kind of looking at it from, it, it's just getting that distance again to look at it from a different perspective. And sometimes the characters are so in your head that you think you've done something really obvious and then somebody points out you actually haven't it's you might have done it in your head but it's not on the page and I think it's kind of often editors are really good at bridging that gap you know saying you haven't made this you know obvious enough or they haven't developed that relationship well enough um it might still you know you think you have in your head because that's what your character is doing but it's not on paper for the reader again it's that sort of thing about distance that you were saying before as well um just being too close to it it's always great to to get a fresh pair of eyes on it. Just just on the sort of a no one correction, that another one that I read from a previous guest actually she tweeted about it, Claire Askew said that uh, one of her editors came back with she had written a thing you've got another thing coming, and the editor had come back and said you've got another think coming is actually the proper thing, and she couldn't believe this, but actually, and I'd, I'd never heard that before either. I don't but know, apparently it, that's so, the, it just yeah. sounds wrong. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that on Twitter actually. And yeah. Quite like God, I, was, I would have never known that no. either. So, yes, the yes, one that I always see and hear, and and, and it's an American phrase. I think it is is when they say, "I, I could care less." Yeah. Well, surely it's I couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Less, then, then you're caring more than than, than, yeah. than otherwise. And that, that, and that, yeah. I'm like, am I am I wrong? Is that, is that it's one of these I'm things wrong? you start thinking about. Wait, hold on, yeah. let, me, let me work this <laughs> yeah. out. There's a lot of googling when those kind of yeah, edits exactly. Are exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, is it? Yeah. Is it? Oh God, yes, it is. What was the last book that you read? Oh, um, I think the last one that I read was um, The Last Thing to Burn by Will Dean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've not read it, but I've seen it everywhere. Yeah, is it good? It was fabulous. Yeah, nice. really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It's um, an incredibly tense thriller. Awesome. Excellent. And uh, what about the last film that you watched? Um, oh, my goodness. Um, I don't, I can't even remember the last film I watched. I tend to watch box sets um, more now on Netflix. Um, no. So, yeah, I think I'm more, I probably, no, actually, it was probably Dirty Dancing or Speed, which I'm watching <laughs> with uh, my teenagers at the moment. Um, yes, 80s nice. lockdown fest, basically. Nice. So, yeah, one of, something like that we watched. I watched, yeah. I watched Speed a few months ago, actually. And- ah. I have to say, for me, it's something with Die Hard in that sense of like it knows what it is. It's a yeah. ridiculous film, but it and it, it squeezes every last ounce of possible plot out of people trapped in a bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Really good. Romancing the Stone was another oh, one. We oh, classic! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seen it fabulous, yeah. fabulous. So, that's yeah. that's one good thing about look. Yeah, I've been doing the same with my daughters. Is sort of 
making them watch all these films that I used to enjoy and say, look, this is a great <laughs> Sometimes they're not that great. That's the trouble. When you're showing it to them, you're like, oh, I remember I this was much better. Yeah, you watch it with folk and you're like, and as you're watching it, you're like, this is crap. I remember yes. being really good. I'm really embarrassed now. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so on the box set front, what, what's the TV show that you're watching just now or have just finished? Um, I'm watching um, Your Honour. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, nice. It's um, fabulous. Haven't finished it yet. So, yeah, don't tell me the end. Um, but that's great. And then, obviously, um, Line of Duty, along with um, the majority of the population. Yeah. Um, and um, I think Monday Nights is um, Unforgotten. With, oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. It's got Lisa Walker in it, who I just adore and think she's fabulous in anything. So, um, nice. yeah, great series. Excellent. Um, and the, the very, very last thing we do is a super quick fire, either or, and uh, there's no right answer apart from one. And uh, the first one, Gone Girl or Girl on a Train? Gone Girl. Oh, straight in there. Uh, TV or cinema? TV. Uh, Night Owl or Early Bird? Early Bird. Um, fancy restaurant or takeaway? In normal As times, I suppose. I'd say fancy <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Just because it's I haven't been, so been long. Long. <laughs> yeah. uh, Goodness knows how long. And, uh, um, yes, but I'm, I'm happy with either generally. Yeah. Very much looking forward to someone else making my dinner. And yeah. Also, have to do no washing up, literally just paying someone to bring me food and take it away and I'll go home. And <laughs> exactly. <it'll> yeah. <laughs> so true. And so true. Yeah. the very, very last one real book or ebook? Oh, real book. Yes. Yeah. I'm afraid that was the incorrect answer for the last one. Tarek is the big ebook advocate. I mean, I love ebooks. No, t- it's too late now. <laughs> I do, I do. But to take on holiday and things, I just yeah. think they're fabulous. And I do read a lot on my Kindle, actually, on my phone. I've got a Kindle on my phone, and oh, I, nice. I do read a lot on that. But there's something about holding holding pages. Um, I know there is. I do, I do get that. They're kind of physical. Although yeah. some people talk about the smell of a book, which I find a bit yes. weird. <laughs> <laughs> so another fan of line of duty there did you watch it you watched the finale there mark i did in fact what i did was i waited until until the day of the finale and then binge watched <laughs> the whole thing um which i, I don't know it kind of you lose that uh water cooler type moment because I think everyone was talking about it at the end of each episode leading up then, to Marco, you're interested in one thing and one thing only avoiding line of duty spoilers <laughs> exactly that's why I had to do it all in the one day, day. exactly <laughs> uh, yeah and it's it's funny I know it, it, it's been all over Twitter and I'm not going to spoil it for people that haven't yet watched the latest series of it but um, you know it's it's a it's a hard thing to end a show like that when you've been running for so long and you've got so much expectation yeah I, you know who who's the bad guy in a cast of characters it's hard to pull off I, I, like i don't i don't know that it is the end the end because there's talk of it being like another series it, but yeah. but um yeah it's definitely like the build-up I, I found this in some of the other line of duty series as well is that the build-up is very good the tension and everything but the 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 payoff isn't it's always difficult to please everyone with the way that it it all yeah, comes together um, i definitely thought the series was had some really great moments in it like I, I really enjoyed the whole series and there was some really good tense scenes that was mm-hmm. moved at a fair pace i enjoyed it 
I enjoyed it a lot more than the last one, I think. But yeah. Um, yeah, the ending wasn't quite. But then I suppose it depends if it's not the final, if it's not the end, end of the show, that's probably okay. Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. into the final series. If it is the end of the series, well. Well, well, but it's it's uh, it's what what do they say? It's the it's the journey. Or, yeah, know. no, it's funny, isn't it? You can watch a movie or a TV show and it can be great, and then the last twenty minutes sucks. That's the kind of thing which is in your head. You walk out the cinema and you're right. It's like it, it, you know, it ruins it. But even though it shouldn't, because most of it was great, it shouldn't be that one. Well, like something like Lost, of course, obviously divided a lot of people as well. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and and, uh, and and that's a probably a good example because I do think I loved Lost, and I can appreciate the ending wasn't as good as it should have been but I, yeah you're right you could enjoy Lost very much for the the wonderful mm-hmm. sea stuff that's in there mm-hmm. amongst some of the padding but yeah yeah no definitely no uh, yeah I highly recommend uh, watching Line of Duty if you haven't done so uh, for our American listeners I think you can watch it on BBC America or possibly Netflix possibly. in America I'm not sure but uh, it's definitely worth catching up on um, but uh, thanks very much to Nikki for coming on to the podcast. I thought that was a really interesting episode. And yeah, really good chat. What she was—I mean, we talked a bit about the start. You know, coming back to writing after having had a career um, before. You know, having having gone into accountancy, um, and it's obviously something that you and I uh, uh, can sympathise with a bit, having <laughs> having both <laughs> gone into uh, law when what we want to be doing is writing. You know, it, it's always heartening, first of all, to hear someone that's that's been able to come back into the writing. And also, I do think you pick up that discipline and that work ethic that if you went straight into writing from, you know, when you left school or whatever, it might not be there. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, I think I think having a good work ethic is really important for any job, and there's no there's no exception for writing. I think, especially if you're, you know, fortunate enough to sit down and 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 get the words on the page, and 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 also just all the kind of ancillary stuff like responding to emails and keeping yeah. dates and all that kind of you know usual crap. And it is really important, but you don't think about it. absolutely. It's difficult because you don't have anyone. You know, unlike an office job, there isn't anyone. Breathing exactly. over your shoulder, telling you to do these yeah. things, so you have to kind of have that discipline to do that yourself. But totally, yeah, um, yeah, no, it was a really interesting chat, and obviously very unlucky to have released both books in lockdown. Oh, well, that's albeit that's the timing, which yeah, the second book, you know, as lockdown started to started to ease, so hopefully. Um, uh, people are seeing it in bookshops. Look what you made me do. You can pick that up now uh, from your local bookshop. Oh, a nice phrase to be able to say after so long. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we've got another great guest next week. We do indeed. Next week we are chatting with Holly Seddon, who has uh, four books under her belt now, and her latest is The Hit List, which uh, just came out in, well, came out ebook August 2020 in paperback, April just passed. And that's quite an interesting strategy. We've seen that a few mm. times where you kind of put the ebook out during lockdown and then. Once things are starting to unravel, maybe have a physical book launch. For yeah, a physical exactly. Book, you know, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the many great things about ebooks, really, if you ask. <laughs> I see what you did there, Tariq. <laughs> you duped me into that. Agreeing <laughs> with you. you walked right into that one. <laughs> well, um, if you enjoyed this week's episode, uh, please do take time to give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you listen to. That helps us stay in the charts and. Um, get continue to get great guests onto the podcast absolutely and of course you can always get in touch with us by sending an email to podcast at rightgear.co.uk 
or in a tweet in the Twitter machine, which is at right underscore gear. And as Marco said at the start of this episode, we are running that competition for the new notebook, the new colour. If you pick a colour, you might get a notebook out of it. So exactly. send your entries in. Right, well, have a great week and we'll see you next episode. See you later. Thank you.